Paraguay's president-elect Santiago Peña has landed in Taiwan for a five-day visit. He arrived at the Taoyuan International Airport Tuesday afternoon. His visit coincides with the 66th anniversary of Taiwan-Paraguay diplomatic ties. Peña is here with his incoming foreign minister, finance minister, industry and commerce minister and presidential secretary general. They will attend banquets hosted by Taiwan's president and vice president. They will also meet with top officials for talks on bilateral cooperation. Taiwan's foreign ministry has hailed Paraguay as a firm friend and advocate of Taiwan's international participation. The pharmaceutical industry took a stand on Tuesday against restarting the cross-strait service trade agreement. About a dozen members of pharmaceutical associations stood outside the legislative yuan to express their firm opposition. They said the pact would allow an influx of inferior Chinese products into the Taiwan market. It would also hamper the development of Taiwan's pharmaceutical industry, they said. Their protest comes after two presidential candidates called for reviving the 2013 Cross-Strait Service Trade Agreement, which was never ratified due to public opposition. The KMT's Hou Youyi and Ke Wenzhe of the Taiwan People's Party have both proposed restarting talks over the Cross-Strait Services Pact. On Tuesday, representatives of the pharmaceutical sector pushed back. As soon as the Cross-Strait Services Pact goes live, it will create chaos for the traditional Chinese medicine sector and destroy the stable medical system we've worked so long to build, thereby reducing the quality of medical care. China would use its edge in production and its resources against upstream and downstream traditional Chinese medicine businesses in Taiwan, as well as everyone working in the field. It would severely squeeze our already shrinking market. The issues aren't limited to the influx of inferior drugs. There's also the erosion of the entire retail industry. There would be an impact on the Taiwanese people's medication habits. These are all issues we need to be particularly concerned about. Industry players fear the services pact would harm Taiwan's economic and industrial development. About a dozen representatives from TCM and Western Medicine Associations protested outside the Legislative Yuan on Tuesday. They submitted a petition to each legislative caucus and voiced their opposition to the pact. The DPP's position is very clear. We won't rashly accept the agreement and allow it to have an impact on your livelihoods and your industry. What we're afraid of is becoming the frog that slowly boiled alive. Once China is allowed to infiltrate our retail sector, it will take advantage of its advantages, its human, material and financial resources. It will have a significant impact on grassroots drug vendors. The TCM and Western medicine groups made clear their opposition, urging Taiwan not to renegotiate the pact. U.S. tech giant Microsoft has announced a second wave of layoffs just six months after sacking 10,000 employees at the start of the year. Microsoft confirmed that in July, it dismissed 276 workers in the U.S. state of Washington. The job cuts after come after a 12% global decline in laptop sales and a 3% decrease for desktop models. Analysts say recovery may only start in the fourth quarter of the year, which is traditionally the strongest. Microsoft owns its own laptop brand and also the Windows operating system, which is used in laptops and desktop computers. So the layoffs reflect poor hardware sales. 
The tech sector expanded too rapidly over the three years of the pandemic, so these job cuts show that they hired too much staff before. Big tech firms around the world and Taiwan are feeling the pressure. Computer giant Asus carried out a restructuring that took, out, took effect July 1st. At the struggling panel maker Inalux, more than 300 employees have applied for voluntary retirement packages. Facing headwinds in the tech sector, many major firms are slimming down their workforce. The boat jumping challenge is just one of the latest reckless trends that have taken over social media. As the name suggests, the challenge involves jumping off the back of a boat at high speeds and posting the video on the internet. Doctors say a bad landing when attempting the stunt can cause spinal injuries, paralysis and even death. Already, the trend has killed at least four people in the U.S. Jumping from a high-speed boat like this is the latest TikTok challenge that has taken social media by storm. But if you miss the water and land on the boat, you could get injured or worse, killed. In the past six months alone, four people in the U.S. state of Alabama have died after giving the challenge a go, attracting global media attention. This daily trend is called hashtag boat jumping and is coming from TikTok. Many are jumping off of moving boats. The challenge involves jumping from the back of a high-speed boat and even attempting stunts like backflips. A bad landing could lead to permanent paralysis and even death. We often think of water as soft, but jumping into water at high speed can feel like jumping onto a concrete floor that can cause broken bones, and if it results in neck injuries, it can cause irreversible damage. You could end up a quadriplegic or dead. Other dangerous viral trends on TikTok include the French Scar Challenge, the Blackout Challenge, and the Tranquilizer Challenge, which have left challengers injured, unconscious, or dead. Though the trend has not taken off in Taiwan, doctors urge the public to consider the dangers before trying out any of these so-called challenges. Taiwan and India share a strong friendship built on people-to-people -people ties and trade exchanges. Over the past three years, India's representative to Taiwan, Garan Galal Das, has played a key role in strengthening the friendship between the two countries. Das's term in Taipei is soon coming to an end, and to bid farewell, he held an exhibition showcasing works by his wife, Harsha Das. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang reports. The beautiful and vivid paintings on the walls are masterpieces by Harsha Das, the wife of India's representative to Taiwan, Garangla Das. Das painted various sights she witnessed in Taiwan, such as birds and flowers. The lotus is a very uh, special flower in Indian tradition also. We associate it with a lot of uh, religious uh, meaning, both in Hinduism and in Buddhism. Laosha said it was not possible for a very long time. So she made me do a lot of hard work, especially since I didn't speak the language. We had to work initially through a friend who used to kindly translate. Usually, when I've taught a student for only a month, they might not understand what I'm saying to them. But she could understand the concepts easily, and she works very hard. After arriving in Taiwan three years ago with her husband and her children, not only has she learned to speak Mandarin, but she also learned ink paintings. Das worked tirelessly to master the craft in just three short years, often painting several hours a day. Before leaving Taiwan at the end of July, her works will be displayed at the National Library until July 14th. 
Da says her works and this exhibition are a tribute to Taiwan. I think the most memorable thing that I take away from here has been the kindness and the friendship of the Taiwanese people, the uh, the manner in which uh, they have been so open to people of other cultures and uh, just take them as part of their own is something very, very special to me. So I think I'll always cherish the friendship and warmth that I have received. I take solace in the fact that I'll always have Taiwan with me. I just have to pick up the brush and it'll be there with me. Garanglis Das assumed office as a director general of the India Taipei Association in July 2020. As his three-year term as Taiwan's India representative is coming to an end, he held a tea party after the exhibition where he bid farewell to Foreign Minister Joseph Wu, as well as representatives and ambassadors of various countries. Looking back on his three-year term, Das says he is proud that the trade and economic relationship between Taiwan and India has grown significantly and that cooperation has strengthened, especially in the field of technology. In the past two years, I have been fortunate to see our bilateral trade jump quickly from the pandemic growth to our best record ever, something close to $10 million, which is a new milestone. And I'm sure this is only the very beginning of a long-lasting trend to come. Das said that although he has not completed his Taiwan bucket list as he had hoped to climb Yusan, swim across Semun Lake and bike around Taiwan, he has no regrets. I have no regrets as the journey has been its own reward. I want to thank Taiwan on behalf of my wife, Arsha, and our two children for being such an amazing host and for making us feel at home every day. Das hopes to draw a perfect ending to his tenure in Taiwan by showcasing the beautiful paintings done by his wife. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Junhao in Taipei. Preparations are underway for the live fire Hanguan War Games. This drill starts July 24th, but troops are already rehearsing scenarios like the defense of crucial infrastructure. For the first time, the drill will include the reclaiming of a Taoyuan oil refinery from enemy forces. Pilots will also requisition commercial airports for emergency takeoff and landing. Let's hear from the Defense Ministry. At Taoyuan International Airport, we're targeting the enemy threat and our scenario projections, conducting anti-aircraft landing drills based on those. Fengnian Airport in Taidong will serve primarily as a backup airport. We will conduct aircraft takeoffs and landings there, along with rearming operations for maintaining air combat capabilities. In the face of the CCP's military designs on Taiwan, we have long stopped defining certain regions as front lines or rear guards. Our scenarios are designed based on the reality of the enemy threat, so that we can conduct realistic drills of battle plans. At a beach in New Taipei's Bali district, reporters got an early look at this year's anti-landing operations. Excavators worked back and forth on the beach, building a large section of fortification to block enemy forces. Discarded oil drums and barbed wire were set up to deter the mock enemy from re reaching Taipei after landing. Many car owners apply tinted films to their windows to keep out the sun and any prying eyes. Compared to other Asian countries, Taiwan's laws on window tints are relatively loose. 
for private cars, authorities just need to be able to see the interior through the window. One lawmaker is calling for higher standards from the transport ministry by September. The summer sun can be scorching and glaring. That's why many drivers choose to install window tinting. They can be so dark that from the outside, you can't see inside the car. There are concerns over whether such tints could endanger pedestrians. Of course it would be safer without them. If it's too hot, just crank up the air conditioning or wear detachable sleeves when you're driving. That's what we do with deliveries or wear sunglasses as dark as you want them to be. Current legislation prohibits taxis from using opaque window films. For regular cars, the deciding factor is a visual inspection. As long as authorities can see the car's interior through the windows, the tint is considered acceptable. But a lawmaker says the current laws are too lax. Back in March, he asked the transport ministry for amendments, but action has yet to be taken. When drivers look out, they should at least be able to see clearly. It's been three months, and the transport ministry has not yet produced specific standards for the window light transmittance. In countries like Singapore and Japan, the law requires at least 70% of light to pass through the windshield and front windows of a car. In Malaysia, light transmittance requirements are 70% for front side windows and 50% for windshields. In all cases, the standards are much higher than Taiwan's. Singapore, Hong Kong and Malaysia have tropical climates similar to Taiwan, and they all have rules regarding this. Or would you say that all these places are hotter, brighter and more humid than Taiwan? A test now awaits the transport ministry, which must find the balance between safety and driver's right to stay cool. Taichung's China Medical University Hospital has put Taiwan on the map by earning a prestigious Smart Health Care Award by the U.S.-based nonprofit HIMSS. It was named one of the world's top three smart hospitals of 2023. The hospital was honored for using three smart health care platforms to improve patient prognosis and the quality of medical decisions. The healthcare worker attends to her patient with meticulous care. Using smart technology, she's able to provide superior care. This year, China Medical University Hospital was named one of the world's top three smart hospitals by the HIMSS. Our AI solutions target severe diseases where the fatality rate is very high. For example, Klebsiella pneumoniae has a fatality rate of at least 60%. But through the use of our intelligent antimicrobial system, we were able to reduce the fatality rate by 20% during a very rigorous evaluation process in a competition against numerous foreign hospitals, they were able to see our important efforts in this area. Three smart healthcare platforms are being used to save critically ill patients, in some cases improving the survival rate by 20%. The hospital is also working on AI voice assistant technology. It's to help doctors and nursing staff by reducing the documentation burden and increasing work efficiency and quality. Earning the HIMSS accolade was no mean feat given the rigorous evaluation process. China Medical University Hospital is the only one from Taiwan to win the recognition. The reason that 
CMUH can win the Davis Award this year is because we have successfully applied uh, state-of-the-art technologies in artificial intelligence and digital transformation in three very difficult medical conditions, including sepsis, acute myocardial infarction, and acute respiratory distress syndrome. And we have successfully uh, saved more lives in patients with uh, the above-mentioned three difficult conditions. The global honor reflects the hospital's commitment to merging traditional care with digital transformation and to optimizing its healthcare environment. UK street artist Banksy's masterpiece, Love is in the Bin, is on a world tour, and its first stop is Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the museum hosting the artwork to find out more. Love is in the Bin is on a world tour, and Taiwan is the first stop. The artwork can be viewed at Mocha Taipei till August 13th. British street artist Banksy's artwork, Love is in the Bin, was originally called Girl with Balloon. It became renowned worldwide in 2018 when it was being shredded by a pre-installed device upon the drop of a gavel at an auction. The painting was later renamed Love is in the Bin. Many visitors flocked to the museum to see the iconic work. I have seen documentaries before, and I am very interested in his works. There are relatively few of his original works in Taiwan. I really want to see his original work, because what I see is his destroyed work. I want to find out why he wanted to do this, and am curious what the seller thought after the destruction. The collector authorized the auction house to organize a world tour, choosing Taipei as the first stop. Mocha spent two months curating the exhibition, taking extra care in preserving the piece with temperature and humidity controls in the historic building. We are very happy that the first location for the global tour is in Taiwan. Mocha's past exhibitions, whether on politics, gender, human rights or various other issues, are actually very consistent with the creative spirit of Banksy. I believe that Taiwan being the first stop of the world tour showcases the maturity of Taiwanese society and our extensive efforts in all aspects of human rights. Catering to the characteristics of this contemporary historic building, we're specifically presenting this exhibition by installing a module under the showcase which which can control the humidity for this work. The museum will hold two events to allow more people to learn about Banksy and the influence of his works. Admission to the exhibition is free. Visitors are required to book online in advance. The first lecture is actually to introduce the spirit of Banksy's works. As for the second lecture, it answers the questions many people who are interested in Banksy's works have. People may think that the shredding of Love is in the Bin was a plan conspired with the auction house, although Banksy later clarified in his own video that it was his action alone. But people are still skeptical. Why not talk about whether it is possible, the conspiracy? And if it were true, how should we view this work then? If not, now that the work has been destroyed, how can we use this work to respond to various discussions on contemporary art? If you missed the registration period, that's okay. You can still visit the exhibition. A blood donation car will park outside of the museum on August 4th. If you donate blood, you can visit the exhibition. This is FTV News' Stephanie Yang and Yan Kai reporting in Taipei. Whale watchers in Hualien got a special treat recently, the sight of a rare giant oceanic manta ray. The fish is a protected species in Taiwan, and it's the largest manta ray species in the world. 
weighing up to three tons. The black and white creature left passengers staring in awe as it swam in the crystal clear sea. The boat captain estimates that the fish weighed between 500 and 600 kilograms. He says that getting to see the manta ray was, quote, a lucky gift from the heavens.